Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez. I'm a private pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off. Welcome back, everybody, to another great episode of Aviation Mentors. Today, hopefully you can uh, hear our improved sound quality. We finally got our sound system hooked up with a a Zoom L8 and some uh, great speakers and headphones and all sorts of things today. It actually took us like two hours to set it up, but I'm really excited that we have it. I hope it sounds as good as it sounds to us. I guess we won't find out until Friday when you guys get to hear this. So if anybody likes the new quality, please let us know. We're excited to be using it and uh, hopefully it'll just improve the listening quality for all of our listeners. But today we've actually got something near and dear to my heart and it's flying with passengers. That's what we're going to be talking about today. It's an amazing feeling when you take your first passenger up and it's an amazing feeling when you take any passengers up really, especially sharing the gift of flight uh, with other non-pilots. It, it's kind of what sets everything up from a demo flight. You're technically really a passenger that first flight all the way up to becoming a pilot and taking up your friends and family. So I remember my first flight when I, uh, I took up my passenger. I actually took up my son, Austin. I took up my sister, Ashley, and her now husband, not husband at the time, but now husband, Andrew. We all went for our first flight. And by the way, I had 42 hours or maybe 41.8 or something very low uh, when I took up that entire airplane full of passengers and about half fuel. And we went up for 30 minutes or an hour in the rental 172 that I was using. And that was kind of my very first time that I ever flew passengers. And I just waited for the day to do it. So I think I even took them. I don't know if it was the day I passed my check ride. If it wasn't the day of, it was the next day. So Carson, who'd you get to take as your first passenger? I think you might've talked about on a different episode, but tell us about that experience and what was that like? Sure. Well, starting off with the reasoning behind it, took my dad and to go into why I took my dad, I really appreciated the role my dad had to play in my flight training because I was offered a half scholarship for my flight training for my private pilot. And that was up to $5,000 and I had to pay up front the other $5,000 first. So when I got this offer, I went home to my dad. I was like, dad, I'm really excited about this. I have to make it happen. And he lent me $5,000 and I paid him back every paycheck. And uh, until I paid that off. So I really appreciated him giving me the opportunity to be able to fly. So the day I passed my check ride, I called my family, of course, and I went right home. And he was upstairs in his room. And I was like, Dad, we need to go flying right now. I can take you up. I can finally do it. So he was like, no, no, we'll go tomorrow. I was like, Dad, we have to go right now. So uh, I think I talked about this part beforehand, but I, I went, took him back to the airport, and it was going to be night during our flight. And I realized I wasn't night current. So I had to go and get night current with my three night landings to a full stop. And then I went and took him up. So it was a pretty cool moment for me. Yeah, that is a a really special moment, kind of taking up any of your first passengers. And to be honest, I should have never taken up three people on my first flight, one of them being my son, the other one being my sister, and now my now brother in law all at the same time. I think that was probably pretty stupid of me to do. What do you think? Well, you know, you guys would go out like a team. But if you could do it again, when would you take up your first passenger and who would you have taken? I'm assuming not three people all at once. That was definitely took some guts. Uh, I was pretty confident in my flying ability, but I don't think I was three passengers at one time confident. Yeah, I I don't know. I think I would have still taken up one of the same people. I wanted my son to be the first one. And in retrospect, that's probably wasn't the smartest idea. He was young. I think he was still, yeah, he was still in a car seat when I took him. He sat in the back 
can't remember if Ashley or Andrew sat up front, but I think Andrew sat up front and Ashley sat in the back with Austin because he was kind of crying and I didn't know what to expect. He wasn't excited to be in that airplane like I thought he would be. Nowadays, obviously, he, he lands and he loves to get in an airplane. He can't wait till he gets to go in it. But when he was three or four years old, that wasn't the case for sure. So I probably would not have taken up a small child as my first passenger. <laughs> I don't think that was very brilliant of me. Now, I was a young dad, still pretty young dad, but he just turned 12. So I guess I probably wouldn't have taken up then uh, as my first passenger. I probably would have waited to waited a little bit to kind of wet my whistle with uh, getting everybody flying with me. I would have taken Ashley up or Andrew up first and then my parents and kind of one by one, I probably should have taken a little slower and I probably should have really waited several hours. I should have gotten a little bit more solo time under my belt because I was at minimum solo time, minimum solo cross country time. I mean, I barely ever flew without a flight instructor. I should have flown with by myself or with another pilot a few more times. I mean, at least that's definitely what I would have done. So in retrospect, I would definitely would have kind of slowed my role and taken some more time. And I've talked to a lot of pilots, a lot of pilots that I know who get their private pilot certificate and they actually, they have really good ADM, aeronautical decision-making like we've talked about before. And they say that they would not take up their first passengers for another 10 or 20 hours. And I think that's a great idea. And I know the whole idea usually is so you can take your friends and family up, which is great, but make sure you're comfortable with the airplane hundred percent because what can go wrong will go wrong. So just, you have to be prepared for that. And having a screaming child in the backseat, um, somebody throwing off their headset or somebody throwing up in the airplane because you didn't do it that smooth, whatever maneuver you were trying to do, those things can become overwhelming as a brand new pilot. Somebody getting sick in the plane, can't tell you how many times that's happened, probably 10 times. I bet you Austin's been three or four of them, but I've had other people too, so you never know. And that brings up another good point. You've done a lot of training and a lot of maneuver training in your flight training. But when you go and take up your first passenger, don't try and show them anything that you've learned, especially not before you have some good solo time under your belt and doing those maneuvers solo. Because I wouldn't go and take my family up my first flight ever with a passenger and go and try to show stalls and uh, steep flight because things are just going to be a little bit different. And it's definitely making a nice, smooth, scenic flight like a demo flight and, and then bring it back down. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't go do stalls. Don't go do slow flight. Don't do, you're trying to say steep turn. Don't do steep turns. Don't go do maneuvers that you're going to get somebody sick with. Remember, this might be their first time in a small airplane and you don't know if they get seasick, which a lot of people that get seasick will get airsick or some people just get airsick from being in an airplane. They're looking at the wrong things. Like you've been trained to look outside your entire time that you've been training as a private pilot. They are not trained to look outside. They're probably still looking inside amazed that you even know what all the instruments do in front of you. So they're looking inside a lot and that's going to cause movement where they actually get sick. So make sure that you're really careful about that and always have six sacks with you. Uh, they sell them for like a dollar or 10 cents. I don't know. They're really cheap. You can get a whole pack of them for a few bucks at uh, aircraftsbruce.com or, or sporties.com or something like that. So always carry those by the way, but yes, don't go do any crazy maneuvers. Don't show them what a stall is. I don't care how much they like roller coasters it's different than a roller coaster. They, uh, they feel uneasy and they're trusting you already with their life. So don't go scare them now that they're finally getting the aviation. It could actually ruin it for them. Instead, you want to do what Carson said a minute ago, take off, do a nice gentle takeoff, go have a great time, scenic flight, go look like the poppies have been blooming for the past month or so in California, go look at the poppies blooming or, or go fly over the ocean. Or if you're in a mountainous area, go, go take them pretty high over some great scenic areas 
make sure that you you've taken some mountain flying training by the way if you're going to go fly in the mountains there's updrafts and downdrafts and all sorts of density altitude can be something big and remember you've always flown an airplane with just you and your instructor usually now you're bringing a person or a couple people that weigh different amounts and even in a 172 you put somebody in the back seat everything feels different i mean as a brand new pilot it feels different so keep that in mind it's going to be different for you and you're not going to know what to expect until you do it so you have to learn that way but if you're not super comfortable then make sure you take up a cfi and going into your flight training, a lot of people are really supportive of you becoming a pilot. It's a it's an incredible thing, and a lot of people want to be a part of it. And for those of our listeners who are in their student pilot stage of their flight training, obviously you can't take someone up with just your student pilot license, but can someone accompany them on a lesson with their CFI? Uh, the short answer is it depends on the school's policy. I know flight schools I've been at, most of them will say yes, but it depends on where you go and what they say, but I would highly advise against it. And the reason why I would highly advise against it, you're, you're going to be trying to, to talk to your friend or your family member, whoever it is, or your kid in the backseat, and you're trying to show them all the things and in the airplane and show them what you've learned so far. And it's not going to be a, a conducive lesson. You really need to be there with your instructor by yourself. You need to understand what he or she is saying. You need to understand what that flight instructor is trying to convey to you. And when you are trying to figure out what you're doing in an airplane and impress your friends or show them the ropes, so to speak, or uh, have a good time, you're going to waste your money. It's just not going to be a good lesson whatsoever. So I highly suggest against it when you're flight training. Now, if you have the expectation that, hey, it's going to be a fun flight, let's go have a good time and let's go have a fun flight. I think that would be uh, a blast. I would say that that is a really good idea. If you know that you're just going to go spend the money and go have a good time, and you want to take your friend up, maybe you, the flight instructor and your friend can all go to lunch somewhere or something like that. And just have the expectation that you're probably not going to learn very much, but you're really going to have a good time. And I'll tell you this, some of those flights are some of my favorite flights. I never took a, uh, a student or a friend or family member up with me in the back seat, but I can say after I, I did pass, I, I sure enjoy it a lot and it's worth it to have fun. And sometimes when you hit a plateau or something, you might even need to bring someone with you just so you can remember why you're doing this. Like, why am I going through all this heartache and trouble and I'm getting headaches from studying so much and all these other things you might want to, to add the fun back into it and go fly to lunch or something, go get the so-called hundred dollar hamburger or whatnot. Um, that's really what it's about. So I would say go have fun and go do that, but just know it's not going to be really conducive to flight training. You're, you're not going to learn very much. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I've even told uh, student pilots on several occasions when they're hitting that plateau, uh, you need to go have a fun flight. And I've actually told that to pilots um, in all stages of their flight training. Just it's what I've seen. And when you hit that wall, you need to go and have a fun flight. And remember why you're doing it. Uh, when I was having a problem with my landings and I just I couldn't figure it out when I was in my student pilot training, I told my instructor I wanted to go do a fun flight. And that's kind of what broke me. I remembered why I'm doing this and you know, like Brandon always says, you're only one or two or two or three lessons away from a major breakthrough. So going and doing a fun flight and taking a passenger, absolutely okay. As long as, uh, of course, as long as it's okay with your CFI or, or school. But how does it affect the plane having an extra passenger in the back? Yeah, it affects the plane a lot. Like I said, if you have more people, obviously you have more weight. <laughs> um, the plane's going to take longer to take off. It's going to be, it's, it's going to feel heavier. Uh, your landing will feel a little bit different. If you have people in the back, 
every power setting is going to be a little bit, it's going to feel a little bit different. So just having more people and more weight in the airplane is going to feel drastically different. So like I was saying, even if you, from going with your CFI, let's say you have 130 pound CFI and now you take your 200 pound buddy, the plane is going to feel heavier. It's going to take longer to take off. You're going to start second guessing all the things that you learned in flight training. Well, why is it taking so long for me to take off? I wonder if something's wrong with the airplane. No, nothing's wrong with the airplane. You're just not used to the extra weight in the airplane. You're not used to having to take a little bit longer to take off. Obviously, by the way, make sure you're just a disclaimer, do a weight and balance. And if something's really wrong with the airplane, have it checked out, obviously. But a lot of those things when you're going through as a brand new pilot, you're kind of imagining certain aspects like slow climbs. And it's because either density altitude or you're heavier or or whatever it may be. Do you remember your first solo flight when uh, your instructor got out of the airplane? Remember mine, I was like, holy crap, this plane is flying so fast and it's climbing so fast. Uh, I, I think that was definitely the fastest pattern I've ever flown. Well, well, not ever, but you know, it felt like at the time the plane got a, got a serious increase in performance. Yeah. I had my own words to myself actually, when I, uh, when I pressed the power in, I was, Oh, something, uh, since it's uh, kid friendly, I'm not going to say it, but I, uh, I got on that runway and I was very nervous and obviously took off and you're right. Having no CFI. And by the way, my CFI was like 140 pounds. One of those really light, light Minus CFIs. 240. Say, so, well, the yours was even, wow, that's a big one, big difference, right? So once, uh, once you take off, you can definitely feel the difference on that first solo flight. So think about the opposite of that. When you go take your first passenger, it's going to be heavier. You're not going to get off the runway just as quick. You're not going to climb as fast, all of those things, but still all the same principles from your POH and what you've learned still apply. All the airspeeds still apply. So do all the things you learned when you were training, by the way, the CG is going to be different. So when you go do your weight and balance, they don't just call it a weight. They call it a weight and balance. I highly suggest you keep your CG exactly where it should be. If it, you go out of CG, you're going to get yourself into uh, big, big, big trouble. One, it's illegal. And two, it might be irrecoverable from a stall. So for example, when you take your first passenger in a plane like a uh, like a Piper Cherokee or an Arrow or a Cherokee 6, there's a possibility that you can have a passenger that actually puts you over CG nose forward and you actually have to put weight into the back of these planes. So you probably wonder, why is he talking about CG and weight and balance when we're doing this? Because it really matters, especially on those types of airplanes where you can get out of CG fairly easily with a new type of passenger. It's not just putting somebody in the airplane and expecting it to be exactly the same. It will be a little different. So I've had several times where I have to put cases of water inside the back of an airplane. And I haven't done that in a really long time, but I did do that for a long time in uh, whenever I do certain trips with certain people in the airplane, I would have to put weight into the back especially in a Cherokee six, you're normally forward CG. Um, that datum line is like in front of the, uh, the propeller. It's an imaginary line, obviously, but it's in front of the propeller. So you can go forward CG on that type of airplane fairly quick. But when you have that passenger in the back, your stall characteristics are going to feel different. Your steep turns are going to feel different. All the maneuvers you practice will feel different. So you shouldn't be doing them with a brand new person anyways, because what we said about them getting sick, but, uh, but yeah, keep in mind, the plane is going to be a lot different. That's for sure. That's so funny. I never thought about adding weight to a plane to, to balance CG. Uh, I guess I've never had that issue before, though. Yeah, it, it happens, especially if you have two big guys in the front of a uh, front of an airplane. Luckily, I'm down, I think, 43 pounds today when I weighed myself. So I can actually go in more airplanes and hopefully I won't have to put water bottles in them. Dude, do you think we can fly the Icon together? I think we can fly the Icon together. Oh, so everybody, this is why we've been losing weight. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Carson's been losing a little weight too, and I've been on a, a journey, so I want to lose a little bit more. 
and been a, it's been a fun one so far. And now I can fly with more people in the icon. So, which is even better. That was actually kind of my original thought process on it because I was kind of almost the max weight for the icon in the seat. And when the, when the seatbelt wouldn't really fit around me anymore, I knew that was the time. So that's, I'm happy. I'm uh, it's, it fits nice and easy now. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, congratulations. You're hitting goals, dude. Thank you. But besides that, what are some of the common mistakes that people make when, uh, when they're bringing up their passengers? Some really common mistakes is uh, not, not giving a pre-flight briefing. Don't tell them what, what's happening or the failure of not telling them what's, what's going to happen in the airplane. You need to remind them that everything they're going to feel is, is a new experience. They're going to feel like their stomach is falling out from under them at some point, I'm sure, just because you do a maneuver a little bit too hard or they're going to feel more than one G and that's going to feel very weird to them. And if you do go to a stall or something like that, you will scare them. It's not a roller coaster. They will think they're going to die for a split second. So the pre-flight briefing or the passenger briefing, which most people call, is really, really important. Positive exchange of controls. If you're going to let your friend or family member touch the controls, well, you are the PIC. You need to remember. Which you probably will because you're going to want them to feel the same thing you feel all the time. Exactly. Now, you're going to want to do that in the sky, obviously, not when you're on the ground, on landing or taking off or anything, unless you're a flight instructor. It's a little bit different. You want to really let them know exactly what they're going to expect. So let them know exactly what not to touch. By the way, you tell somebody not to touch a mixture and you tell them what the mixture does, guess what they're not going to do? They are not going to touch that mixture. <laughs> they are going to stay very far away from it. I've had people like they, they've taken their legs because on a 172, your leg can be really close to the mixture on the right seat. They've actually taken their legs. And like I, after I have that conversation with them about the, what the mixture does, they actually move their legs over like three or four inches away from it because they don't even want to touch it because they're so nervous that the mixture will turn the engine off um, in the air. So I actually tell people what things do and I let them know, Hey, if you, if we are going to, if you are going to use the controls or touch the controls a little bit, which 50, 50, some passengers like, Nope, you're flying the airplane. I don't want to touch anything. And the other passengers like, Oh, give it to me right away. I need to feel this experience. So you never know what kind of passenger you'll have until, until you have them, but explain everything to them. Explain to them when to shut up <laughs> um, when you're landing or taking off or when somebody's talking. I know some airplanes have isolation mode and those isolation modes are really, really good because you can isolate everybody and they can still keep on talking and jibber jabbing in the airplane and, and you can just talk to ATC. But not all airplanes have that or you might not even know how to use it if your airplane does have it. I know several several pilots are kind of like that. I told my dad that uh, planes have have that pretty much a mute button for muting all the passengers. Uh, which is what the isolation does. And he said, well, you should tell your passengers when you get in the plane, I'm here to talk to two people. You're not one of them. I'm here to talk to God and I'm here to talk to ATC. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty funny. Did he really say that? Yeah. Oh, that, was, that was a good quote from him. I like that quote from him. We got to have your dad on here one day. Oh, I we want, totally do. I want to hear from his perspective on it. Maybe we'll have my parents. Maybe we'll have a parent's day on here. That would be pretty cool, actually. Be, you know what we should do? Huh. With Mother's Day coming up? Oh, yeah. We should have our moms on here talking about how afraid they were the first time we flew. Yeah. Oh, the first time like we physically flew yeah. rather than not with them? No, and I'm with them. Just the first time we got up. Oh, have you taken your mom up yet? Yeah, I took my mom and sister up. And uh, my dad said, do you know when you know, Richie Valens died? There was a video of his mom crying, not my Richie, not my Richie. No. And my dad said, uh, don't make me, don't make your mom, not my Carson, not my Carson. Oh, gotcha. so he's like, don't crash. Don't do anything stupid. Because <laughs> uh, I was taking up him or my mom, my sister. Oh, nice. Well, 
I remember taking my mom up. I don't remember what airplane I did it in, but uh, I've flown quite a few airplanes at this point. But I'm sure she was scared the first time I went and took that airplane ride, even though she was one of the ones who gave me the gift certificates to, to start it. Uh, but luckily, she's been very supportive of me. And uh, yeah, we definitely need to have them on here about their first flight and also on what it was like seeing their adult children <laughs> learn how to fly. I mean, it's still uh, still nerve wracking. I I can't imagine what the first day I let Austin solo. It's going to be uh, it's going to be nerve wracking and exciting all at the same time. And he's only two years away from being able to get his certificate in a glider. So uh, we'll see if he actually does that at 14 years old. We'll, we'll see. Um, but back to the pre-flight briefing part make sure that you are talking to your passengers about um, positive exchange controls and telling them when to be quiet. Those two things are probably the most important things. Also, give them an emergency plan. Just let them know, hey, just like, uh, actually, just like the airlines do. They say, um, in the unexpected event of an emergency or a water landing, that's how they say it, the unexpected event, you can use their same same uh, wording. If you could see Carson right now, he's like doing the little finger movements. Yeah, the little, little two finger point to the, the exits, <laughs> and, uh, the, the one you came in, you know. <laughs> exactly. By the way, we're going to try to make this a video pretty soon uh, now that we've got our setup in our office. And uh, we'll probably launch that sometime in June or possibly at Oshkosh. We will uh, we will do full uh, full video by then. You'll get to see my funny comments and faces I make at Brandon the whole time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they are pretty funny, by the way. I mean, he's natural, funny looking, so it might help. Yeah, I got a face made for radio, but... uh. It's a shame you guys get to see it. <laughs> so how should you handle when you have a scared passenger? Um, I, I know it's happened before to you a couple times. So uh, so what are, you, what are you supposed to do? Well, I was one of those scared passengers. I remember telling you guys on one of my first episodes that I was going for the oh shoot bar up on the top of the airplane and it wasn't there. So I couldn't do anything about that. So how do you handle scared passengers? You just need to talk to them in a really calm collected voice. So just your radio voice, right? Calm, collected voice. Let them know, hey, relax. Everything's okay. Um, Act with confidence. So whenever you're confident in doing anything, it relaxes people. So just make sure that you're confident in everything you're doing. So whenever I'm even with a student, I am very, very confident in whatever I'm teaching them. Um, Obviously, if I don't know what I'm I'm talking about, I'm going to let them know, hey, I'm not 100% certain on this particular thing, but, uh, but this is the way that I believe it is. And they will take that as, well, he's very confident about his answer because he was truthful in it. So just tell them the truth. So if you actually have an emergency and you've got to land in a field, tell them the truth. Hey, I, this is what's going to happen. Um, tell them step by step on what you're doing and say to relax and you've got it under control and, uh, and take care of that emergency. Now, if they're just scared because you just took off and they're in the air, which is very possible, um, they've never been in a little small airplane. They think that it's uh, the most scary thing in the world, which it probably is to them. Then you just need to give them some reassuring uh, words and encouragement and comfort. And obviously with those passengers, don't do anything stupid like go to stalls or something with them. You'll scare them and they'll never get in an airplane ever again. And that's not what we want. We want to we want to encourage more flying around, right? So I would do that. And then there's some passengers that are like, I need to get down. I need to get down. I need to get down. And I've had a couple of those. And I, because you can't just get down real quickly, they can't jump out of the airplane and be on the ground instantaneously. You need to still talk with them very slowly and methodically and say, hey, look, it's going to take about 10 minutes. I want you to take some deep breaths and breathe and relax and just use exude confidence with them. And then just go back and tell ATC that you'd prefer just to land and, hey, you just want to do one touch and go or something or whatever it was. And you want to go back and and land the airplane and then you can let that passenger out and you guys can talk about it on the ground a little bit more. But just be really encouraging and comforting and take it slow and methodical with them. So 
So they're not scared anymore. I mean, you're basically their life is in your hands, literally. And they let you do that, which is really an impressive thing. That means they, they love you or care about you or, or really respect you or, or maybe all of the above, or maybe they got a death wish. Who knows? Maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. You never know. But I'd also recommend talking to them beforehand and getting to know, you, you usually have a pretty good idea of how scared they're going to be. Uh, a, when you ask them if they want to go flying or if they ask you, uh, which, you know, if they, if they ask you, they're probably not going to be too scared. Finding out if they have a fear of heights, which typically doesn't translate to flying in an airplane for some reason. Uh, a lot of people that are afraid of flights, like Brandon, when they get in an airplane, yep. are, are, are just not. Um, so it's a little funny. And uh, and just finding out if they're afraid of confined spaces, afraid, afraid of pretty much anything. Um, you'll have a pretty good idea of, of how that flight's going to go. But again, make sure if they're requesting to go back, take them back. There's uh, no point in holding hostage. So... Um, yeah, just, just follow what you what you think is right. And getting to fly with a passenger, you know, it's one of the reasons I started my aviation career because there's just really nothing like seeing someone's face light up when they experience that thrill and that freedom that you did the first time you flew. And it's even more special when you're able to be the person to make that happen. It really is. I mean, uh, getting to see the joy on someone's face of a first flight and you were the reason for that, that's incredible. Uh, it's one of my, my favorite things to do. Um, I know a lot of flight instructors don't like doing demo flights. Um, I think they're crazy. So what if they're only 30 minutes, you got to do some ground. You're opening up the world of aviation and flight to somebody brand new. It's one of my favorite things to do. And when you take your friends and family up, some of them get it, some of them don't. Um, the, but the ones who get it, it's way worth it. Um, they're just going to be in love with it forever. And uh, there's a uh, there's a movie out. I think it's called um, two, two, four right or two, four left, something like that. I can't remember the exact the movie, but you can look up aviation movies. It's about Van Nuys airport and it's about the love of flight and it's about, um, the romance of aviation. Um, I would highly suggest everyone go watch that, uh, that movie. And if you haven't seen it, it's, they've got two, two of them. They have a regular one and they have a sequel to it. Both of them are, are just as good, but that first one really, it just, it gets your emotions going about why we all started to learn to fly. It's fantastic. So as we kind of close up, uh, if you'd like to reach out to either one of us, you can always reach us at Twitter, or Instagram at Mr. Martini guy for me or for Carson. It's at Carson underscore AV 17. You can also reach us uh, via email, our preferred way, Brandon at aviationmentors.com or Carson at aviationmentors.com. And we also want to give a big shout out to the one person who makes this happen. He works his butt off. He works so hard at making sure that the Aviation Mentors podcast is uh, is on time, and we get our social out there. And he does everything behind the scenes, and that's our uh, and that's our producer Phil. So thank you so much, Phil, for uh, for doing all this for us. Really couldn't do this without him. So if anybody's wondering who's the one mixing and doing all the stuff in the back, that's Phil, and he is fantastic. Thanks, Phil. You're, you're the man. You make it all happen, and uh, we wouldn't be here without you. And as a wrap-up for the day, remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey, so fly safe and enjoy the ride. See ya!